when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have a great guest today. Her name is Tiffany Prince, and today we're going to talk about climbing mountains. So, Tiffany, welcome to the show, and how the heck are you today? I'm doing well. That intro is just jamming. I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited. You're excited. And so today we're going to be talking about leadership, but it's about climbing a mountain. How'd you come up with the title of the book? What is Ooh. why climbing the mountain? What's that all about? It's a good question. Um, well, I like mountains. Okay. Part of that. Um, but the analogy is really great because I found in my own leadership journey, you have to navigate around boulders up, down and around, right? It's not mm -hmm. like a straight shot. You also have to have the skills and knowledge. So you think about like training to actually climb like Mount Everest. There's a lot of things that go in there, but you don't do it by yourself either. You have a, you know, a Sherpa. So mm -hmm. these are things that I thought were great images because I think a lot of people think, oh, you go through a three-day leadership training and then you're blessed and you know how to do leadership the rest of, you know, rest <laughs> of your life. It's, I say leadership is a journey, not an event. Right. So would you consider yourself a Sherpa, a crazy tour guide towards leadership? It's funny you should ask, say that because uh, one of my clients literally last month called me her leadership Sherpa. So that's kind of why I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm going to run with that just yeah. because of, you know. But don't run too fast. You're going book. up a mountain. I mean, you can't <laughs> running down. That's different, but yeah. <laughs> especially when a mountain lion or a boulder is chasing you, but that's, that's completely right. different. Right. So, so what was the impetus? What, what, um, what got you into writing the book? My impetus really was uh, experiencing leadership. I worked internationally. I worked for, you know, cross-cultural, uh, big corporations. And to be honest, I was left a little to be desired for the leadership that I saw. And I saw some good leadership, but I also saw mediocre and bad leadership. So mm -hmm. my, my passion is around, there's got to be a better way to do this. So, you know, 70% of new leaders are promoted without getting any kind of skill development whatsoever. So mm -hmm we got to attack that kind of deficit gap in capabilities because it is impacting our organization. So what I ended up doing is just diving deep into that, interviewing global leaders around the world from like HR, manufacturing. I even talked to the CEO of uh, WD-40, Gary Ridge, oh, who's wow. an amazing leader, by the way, hmm. uh, and just tried to you know define what is leadership. And it's really hard. Uh, yeah. What is leadership? Nobody has the same definition, but across the board, everybody said, you know it when you see it. First and foremost, in the business, if you're going to you know, promote people, promote people 
who have good people skills and train them about people skills. That's number one. But the second piece is if you're thrown into that position because somebody has said, okay, we're going to make you a leader now, then I guess the first question is what are they identifying? So in other words, let's, let's start off with the core takeaways of your book. What are the three core things? If somebody reads your book, what do you want them to understand or what do you want them to take away from this? Hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people it, at some point hopefully have, uh, leadership training, but I have found that improvising leadership styles. So what is your leadership style? You have one or two primary that you like. So visionary, reflective, inclusive, you know, people leaders, uh, visionary, the, mm -hmm. uh, the five that I have. But where I find really great leaders are those that can pivot their style based on their employees needs, not necessarily their strength. Mm -hmm. It's more about them. So that's, that's one thing that I, I emphasize that's very different than what you've seen before. And also identifying those key critical skills that yourself and your team needs, because mm -hmm. we're in a profound transformation of work right now. Huge. And there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of changes. A lot of what I had researched for the book too was around how artificial intelligence and globalization is going to impact the future of work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that kind of filtered into my thought process on that. And it's just the AI piece has just been expedited. So a mm -hmm. lot of what we do is going to be, let's say, offloaded to the technology so we need to build more critical thinking skills, creativity, innovation, you know, being more strategic with our uh, our clients and our partners. Mm -hmm. Those are the skills that we need to invest in now, not only as a leader, but also on your team. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I think is important to point out, and this is where I get a lot of aha moments when I'm doing training around this, is those derailing factors that and behaviors that leaders can do or have seen and they go, oh, I should do that too, and how to overcome them. Okay, so define what you mean by derailing. What is a de derailing leadership so behavior? Part of it is, okay, one of them I talk about is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So having perfectionism in yourself and making, I mean, in this world, you cannot have everything perfect all the time, right? right. And so if you're constantly kind of spinning around that and spending way too much time and not delivering what you're supposed to be doing on time, right? Mm -hmm. You might want to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is just being able to focus. That's a big one right now, right? There's right. so many things that you can do, mm -hmm. but what should you be doing on? What should you be focusing on? Where should you, like, especially for your employees, uh, what, if you've got five priorities and nothing's a priority, right? Mm -hmm. so how do you navigate those things when your organization might be saying, we need to get this done, we need this, we need this, uh, helping them go, okay, what can we do today? Maybe next week, do we need to add resources? It's you up to you as a leader to help them navigate through that because a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed on you know how much tasks they have on their plate, especially right. when people are leaving, right? In fact, I just was uh, reading some research this this past like, two weeks that the fact that there's so much attrition and how long it takes to backfill positions, those that are left behind are doing, you know, it used to be two jobs, but now it's probably like three, three and a half, four jobs right. while we're trying to you know fill those positions. So being cognizant of that and hopefully being able to kind of help your team out 
um, in managing expectations and managing your leadership's expectations on what truly can be done. Because if they get burnt out, they're going to leave as well, right? So right. it's like a never-ending spiral. So those are two yeah. examples. So when when somebody, you know, basically when people want to read a book or when they want to learn something, they, they have a trigger that kind of gets them to say, you know what, I'm having a problem here. I'm having an mm -hmm. issue. Um, and, and I equate that if we're talking about, you know, let's use cars for an example. Um, you know, you're driving your car and all of a sudden it's running real rough. You know, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I've got less tire, you know, air in the tire. Maybe, you know, I've got bad gas. You know, it's usually mm -hmm. something simple. I should be able to fix it. Right. And, you know, so they don't take any action on it when really it's it's leaking oil. Right. <laughs> and the engine's about to, to burn. Yeah. So what is the trigger that would make somebody want to or what's a perceived problem how do they identify they have a problem and they really yeah. need some help well there's a couple of ways i mean mm -hmm. the number one is turnover right mm -hmm. you have an issue people are leaving the number one reason why people leave organizations is because they're manager right so mm -hmm. they dictate the culture on on what's happening um and also from your organization especially if you have a larger organization they do employee engagement surveys every year mm -hmm. so from hr they'll say you know your engagement scores are low so there there's a sign right there mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um and also if you're noticing that on your team there's a lot of uh conflict and distrust and mm -hmm. and finger pointing right here's your sign right <laughs> You need to do something about that because I, th I think a lot of leaders are very scared at, at first, rightfully so, because you don't have the language, you don't have the words for it yet around performance management, mm -hmm. candid conversations, that, that can be difficult. Um, but that, I think that's where having foundational like coaching skills, you're asking questions, you're, you're you know thinking about it from that perspective and helping that employee along that journey versus you saying, you know, the feedback mentality, this is what you've done wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You hear the tone and that is different. Sometimes it's okay. If they're, if it's like a compliance issue or an ethical, it, you do have to say, no, 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 we don't do that, right? You're right. <laughs> like yeah. a kid, right? You're like, yeah, that's the boundaries. But that's there's right. so many opportunities for you to be in a coaching kind of space and be curious, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on? Why did, how did you think that went? you know, and get their perspective on it. And what I have found when I kind of approach it that way, um, my employees have been actually harder on themselves mm -hmm. than what I would have actually said. So I almost have to like overcorrect and go, well, what can we learn from this experience? You know, what can we do differently? Um, do you want any help thinking through that process? Or how could you have worded that differently? Mm -hmm. Right? It's just helping them think in a different way. And, and you have to have that self-awareness also in order to be able to kind of navigate that conversation. There's that perceived problem. They think it's, you know, everybody else, the real problem. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it's a combination of, you know, the employees not being trained properly or not given, you know, the right amount of guidance or leadership or those kind of things, but also the leadership above you hasn't yeah. set the culture right. So yeah. what's the real problem that's happening that these leaders need to look at? So, yes, right now, um, MIT actually came up with some research a couple of weeks ago that said the the actual right now, the number one reason people are leaving is not because of greater pay. Let's 
let's face it, people are getting, you know, bumps in pay. Right. It's actually around toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. And so if you see that people throwing each other under the bus, um, not an inclusive, not promoting an inclusive and diverse, they talk the talk, but they're not actually mm -hmm. walking the walk, right? It, that's a very different thing. So some of those things, and also leaders that are unethical, you know, just be, bad behavior in general, you know? So um, how do you fix that? Well, it starts with you, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. But <laughs> that could yes. take a lot of self-awareness, but it's also, if you look at your peer group, you know, maybe you can emulate that behavior that you want to see in, in that organization. Um, but purpose and power and, and, and passion are really kind of mixed in that. So being clear with your senior leaders and kind of having that conversation around what is the clear purpose so I can communicate that down to my team, you know, depending on how far you are, right? So they have a clear line of, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. That can help with the culture kind of perspective too. I'm a very, I tend to be more results driven. Mm -hmm. So I like to have that kind of red thread, like, okay, here's the strategy, it's stratosphere, like, great. But let, let me distill this down into what can I do here? And how does my team impact that result? So that we feel happy, we feel productive, we, you know, are much have a higher performance, because we're helping each other and we're also meeting our goals when you're talking to let's say you you've been engaged with the company and they want to bring you in they have a leader that they want to um you know kind of amp up a little bit what's the most common thing that you see from them that is i, I would consider to be a resistance you know what's the thing that they're they're yeah. doing that's kind of you know you've got to kind of break through that that barrier that gets them to understand that they have a problem, right? Because a lot of times it's not <laughs> yeah. me, right? It's like, no, no, I've been doing it. I've been working for this company for 20 years. I'm following the culture. I love what they do. They know me. Everybody loves me. You know, mm -hmm. it's the people just don't like the new way of doing things or whatever it is, right? What right. What are right. you dealing with? And what? how do you identify it and how do you work with them? Mm. I think the number one thing, and this has been going on for quite a while now, is just the basic understanding of change management and how mm -hmm. to deal with that because the exponential um, level of change that's going on, even now, uh, is really hard for people to manage and understand. And it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we would have, you know, maybe one or two strategic change initiatives that are going on at once. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> there's 10 at a time. So I think organizations are having a hard time. And I, this comes down to the priority thing too, is yep. how do I know what is important and in which direction we're going when we have all these disparate kind of change projects and I don't even know how they go together. It's somebody at the you know executive level knows that like bigger landscape and picture of why, but I find communication is kind of the biggest thing, like understanding what can I do how do I support this? I don't even understand why, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, I think if if leaders understand and go, oh, okay, I have all these things that I'm having to deal with and it's constantly changing, it's uncertain, it's volatile. Um, that's when I can say, okay, so if you're in that person's shoes, you know, what what would you say to me? being the leader. So just mm -hmm. kind of like changing their mindset around that. And I find that actually gives 
some insight and some aha moments like, oh, I never really thought of it from that perspective. You know, it's like mm -hmm. putting yourself in somebody else's shoes tends to shift that mindset and go, oh, I see what I'm doing and why that communication didn't go very well. Because I was coming in attacking, right? Mm -hmm. Versus I could have handled it and been a bit more, um, you know, what's going on? What can I do? How are we, you know, supporting each other to make this happen? So when it comes to creating the solution for these companies, for these people, mm -hmm. how how do you define the time frame and the solution, and mm -hmm. what what can people expect? Not yes. necessarily the steps that they've got to take, but what can they right. expect as far as, hey, this is going to take me a while, or these are the things that I need to do. Yeah, it, uh, part of it is just kind of getting past that mindset of like a three-day leadership kind of boot camp, right? right. Like that that mentality, and it's been shown too from research that it's not effective to do it that way. Right. So what I like to do is come in and say, okay, a, do you have a program, leadership program? You know, because that's like. Do you have, are we starting from nothing or are we like building from whatever you have right now? Mm -hmm. And so understanding that and then looking at their company values is really important. Like what are the, and do you have any leadership attributes? So if they don't have those pieces, that's where I come in and do an analysis and recommendation of, okay, based on my experience and what's, you know, the critical skills for especially new leaders coming mm -hmm. on board, mm -hmm. um, this, these are the skills that are really critical to start, like, you know, coaching, like conflict management, like emotional intelligence, as we were talking about. Those things I found, if you have those uh, and spaced out preferably, so trying to do, I've worked with multiple clients over the last couple of years is breaking it out over six to 12 months mm -hmm. and picking one skill a month. So coaching, coaching is going to be January. So you kick it off, you have that information, they could do, have self-directed learning. And then after that, either have a mentor or a group coaching session or peer coaching session where they're talking through, hey, how are you, how, how is that going? How have your coaching conversations gone? Or if they have one coming up, being able to talk about, okay, I really have a need, need to have a difficult conversation. How can I frame this? And having them bounce that off. I find, you know, that when I talk about the difference between the knowing and the doing gap, mm -hmm. a lot of people know about leadership, but they actually don't use it and do it to the extent that they're becoming that great leader. Right. That makes sense. So it's just really having that journey and understanding, okay, what are those critical skills for your business and what you need to accomplish in the next mm, two to three years? Mm -hmm. And then how do we set our leadership up where they have those skill sets to help guide your folks to uh, meet those strategic goals in the next two to three years. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people fail is they're measuring the wrong thing. What do you find mm -hmm. in your business that they're measuring or what KPIs or what things are they mm -hmm. so focused on that are really kind of stopping them from achieving what it is they need to do? Um, that's a good question. Um, I like good questions. <laughs> um, I think engagement is good, but it's overused, right? Because right. there's so many factors that go into engagement. Um, and I know when I've taken engagement surveys, it's hard just to say, well, is it on my team or is it the organization in general? Like my team is good, but the organization, I don't know. It's, it seems toxic to me, right? So it's like, right. 
how do you how do you have a you know a linear scale on something that's a bit more fluid, right? I like turnover because turnover actually is a sign of something's not right. Because um, I know a lot of teams that uh, I've stuck with leaders because regardless of what's happening, I just liked working with them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they had my best interest at heart. So I'm going to stick with them through thick and thin because sometimes, you know, you have difficult situations and organizations. Okay. Yeah. So now we've kind of defined, you know, what the, what the solution is and what some of the key indicators that are, are, are hold people back. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. So how do you do your voodoo? <laughs> how do I do my voodoo? Well, I have an extensive background in adult learning theory, instructional design. So I understand how to design programs that mm-hmm. can help people learn. So there's mm-hmm. that differentiation, I would say. Um, and again, it, it does go back to, I really strongly um, recommend doing that initial needs assessment. So mm-hmm. understanding where your organization is, what are your strategic goals? How does that align to your values? So I do a lot of kind of information gathering. Mm-hmm. I'll also do, you know, five to 10 uh, informational interviews around, you know, what, what are some of the gaps that these leaders are noticing? What did they wish they had? what was in place for them that they felt was beneficial for them stepping into the role? Um, are there things that people are doing that we should incorporate into this particular program? So I find that's a really valuable activity mm-hmm. because it can set up these leadership programs much more for success than let's just throw some things, some skills at the people and just, I, I call that the spaghetti on the wall mentality. Yeah, right. sure. I can do uh, you know, coaching and high potential team development and, you know, the the conflict management piece. But it's not if it's not tied to why do I need to do this or is this important or are my my leaders going to be holding me accountable for enhancing these skills? Mm-hmm. Then it kind of falls flat. <laughs> um, but what's your favorite success story where you walked into chaos mm-hmm. and turned it into, you know, basically you, you polished that little piece of rock <laughs> and it turned into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love it. Uh, Thank happy, you. Happy. <laughs> happy, happy. Yes. <laughs> it's all about being happy, happy. <laughs> oh, so yeah, okay. I, one thing is coming to mind, and I really I love this. This is one of my favorite programs I put together mm-hmm. um, for a large uh, biotech company, and they were in the they were about on the precipice of launching three new products next year, mm-hmm. which means they had to expand their sales team, mm-hmm. and they did not have anybody enough people to fill those positions in the wings ready to go. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of a panic on how do we get leaders ready <laughs> in four months, by the way, mm. into this pipeline. Mm-hmm. So me and my client sat in a room for a day or two. Mm-hmm. We mapped out, okay, what are those critical skills that they need to do this? And how can we do this? Like basically building it on the building, the plane as we're flying here, you know, it's like, Uh what can we do in this small chunk today? And we know we have like a month or two to build this out. So we, we just kind of mapped it out. And this is, this is kind of like the fruit of what I had started, like the micro learning chunks Mm -hmm. a little bit over time. Mm -hmm. So we brought them in in person. We basically did a boot camp with them. Mm -hmm. And said, okay, uh, 
we had a, like an email exercise where they have all they can't stop stepped into a role they have all these emails they have to review and then they have to prioritize which ones are they going to respond to first second third they're in you know performance issues with some employees in there that they have to deal with so it's really kind of getting their mindset around how do i deal with this you know mm -hmm. getting them ready mm -hmm. and then um, there was a couple of other exercises, like they had to do a presentation based on um, sales data they were given. How do you present back to your team? What are the important things? Mm -hmm. Little things like that. So that was a boot camp. And it really opened their eyes to say, oh, I thought I knew how to deal with this, or I thought I knew what I was stepping into for leadership, but it's very different than what I thought, or I have a lot of learning I need to do before I do this. So it was very mm -hmm. aha for them. So some of them opted out because they're like, Maybe leadership is not what I want to do, which is fine, right? Right. But most of them were like, ooh, I have a lot I need to do. So we had mentors with them mm -hmm. throughout the process. They also were able to work with their leaders. And over four months, we did a massive like just boot camp and kind of skill, upskill, upskill, and did um, async. So we did some webinars and different things. We had mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, lunch and learns. They can call in if they had different things that were coming up that they wanted to bounce off. But the other thing, that was the cohort I was talking about. They had peer groups and they were really tapping into each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say that 60% of them actually got promoted into leadership positions in the next year. That actually won a presidential award at that organization. It was so impactful. Wow. It was That's awesome. Cool. It was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> Great answer. All right. So we are coming into the home stretch. So what yeah. I want to do is give people an opportunity to get to know you, how to get a hold of you, yeah. uh, any of that kind of fun stuff. They find you on LinkedIn. What do they do? How do they, you know, how do they, how do they get a piece of Tiffany? How do, yeah. So you can uh, get a hold of me. Check out my website. Top of the mountain leadership.com is the main way. I have all my contact details there. Uh, if you're interested in my book, um, I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, any place you can imagine. Just type in Top of the Mountain Leadership and I should come up. You know, if you have anything that you want to kind of bounce off of me, you're having leadership challenges, I'd love to have a chat with you because we are going through a very profound change in, in you know, what how organizations are going to operate. And I feel like I have lots of uh, insights into how to be successful. Awesome. Well, Tiffany, this has been a blast. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs <laughs> on my peeps. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, and I appreciate you. you and I look forward to talking to you again soon. So thanks so Sounds much. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>